when we are here. And we're ready to go, New Hope Radio. Thank you for joining me today. Got a good topic. I'm glad you tuned in. I think you'll be too. We're going to talk about something that, oh yeah, very dear to the heart of God. A lot of things are dear to God's heart, but this is, I think, especially dear. You know what it is? Lost sheep. What do you think God thinks about lost sheep? Oh, we're going to see that today. I'm glad you tuned in. New Hope Radio is live on YouTube, Facebook, WARV 1590 AM 92.7 FM. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for getting on board today. You know, most of us, if not all of us, kind of know the feeling of having lost something. Maybe a favorite possession. Maybe a needed article. How about a ticket? Do you ever lose a ticket for something? Sometimes a person. It's a hard thing to deal with. It's not a good feeling. When we lose something, it's not a very good feeling. Can you imagine how God our Father feels when He sees those that are lost, whom He loves, oh, very much? God does. God does love lost people. He certainly does. Yeah, and Jesus told some stories about lost things. Because he wants us to understand the Father's heart. In Luke chapter 15, he told three short stories, parables, about lost things. Lost sheep, lost coin, and a lost son. Today I'm going to talk about one of those, the lost sheep. And this is why. Back in the days of Jesus, the sheep economy did two things. Provided for the needs of the people. And it also communicated the heart of God to us. It did that. It showed us what God's heart is like. And that's why the more we understand sheep, the more we can understand God. Think about that. In Luke chapter 15, verse 3, here's what Jesus said. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost? Oh, until he finds it. I like that. Until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, of course. And when he comes home, He calls together his friends, his neighbors, and he says, Oh, rejoice with me. I found my sheep, which was lost. So, in order to appreciate the shepherd's emotion, let's learn a few things about sheep. Okay? Because like I said, if you can learn about sheep, you can learn about God. Did you know that Abel, in the book of Genesis, 
was the first shepherd. You know, he did what was right, and it cost him his life. Man, that's something we need to remember, huh? When you do what's right, it costs you. That's the world we're living in. It seems like you do the wrong thing and you're rewarded. You do the right thing and it costs you. Better to do the right thing. Then, the first sacrifice mentioned in the Bible had to do with sheep. Abel slew a lamb. The first sin committed outside the garden had to do with sheep. Because Cain, he brought an offering of the work of his hands, and he killed his brother Abel because he brought a sheep. <laughs> the promise of salvation had to do with the sheep. Spiritual warfare had begun following the promise that God would send a deliverer, a lamb slain for the sins of the world. Isn't that what Jesus is? The innocent lamb slain for the sins of the world. A few other things about sheep. They provided wool for clothing, milk for drinking, meat for eating, and even their horns were used for containers and instruments. Now, once the Israelites had settled down in the land of promise, it was difficult to put the sheep out to pasture because originally they were nomads, so wherever they went, the sheep, the sheep followed, right? So a shepherd then would be hired to pasture the sheep for the whole village. The, the, the people would work in their farms and their gardens, and they'd hire shepherds, and they'd go out and watch all the sheep. And the shepherd would let the sheep feed on the grain that was left after the harvest. And when that was gone, he'd lead them out into the pasture, and oftentimes it would, it would be under the hot sun. And he had to be sure that there was plenty of water available as well. You know, sh uh, sheep only drink from still water. Sometimes a well would be sought out. When you read Psalm 23, it's like a documentary on shepherding. You know that? Psalm 23 is a wonderful lesson on how to shepherd sheep, on what you can expect when you shepherd sheep. Let's read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Oh, that shepherd gave great comfort, provision, and protection to the sheep. And David is saying, that's my Jesus. Oh, yeah, my Jesus does that for me. You know, the shepherd had to ward off lions and bears and jackals and those animals that like to feed on the sheep. He had to be brave. So what did David say? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Oh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Question. If the shepherd had a hundred sheep and one was lost, why wasn't he satisfied with the 99? I mean, you know, 99, that's a lot of sheep. Why wasn't he satisfied? Here's why. Every sheep was valuable. Every one. And also, his reputation as a shepherd was on the line. You know, when shepherds were hired to watch sheep, if they lost any sheep, that would go against their reputation. No one wants them. Who would hire a shepherd that couldn't keep the sheep safe? So, what does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with us? Everything Jesus teaches has to do with us. So what did he say? When he comes home, the shepherd, after finding the lost sheep, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, and he says to them, Oh, rejoice with me. I found my sheep. Oh, it was lost. I found them. Oh, I am a good shepherd. I can be trusted. And Jesus is using a natural illustration to teach a spiritual truth. Now everybody's checking in. Doreen, Janine, Chuck from sunny Florida. Everybody's checking in. So Jesus tells this story about the lost sheep, and then he adds the spiritual application. Luke 15, verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, what way? The way that shepherd rejoiced over finding the sheep? In the same way, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. See, he's saying the, the, the 99 sheep that are safe, okay, I'm going after the one that's lost. And Jesus is saying, the 99 people that are saved, I'm going after the one that's lost. Saved ones, they're okay. I'm going after the lost ones. That there are people that are just lost, they're outside of God. You know, that's where we all begin, isn't it? We all begin life. We come out of the womb, and you know what we are? Lost. We are born spiritually lost. So this sheep that Jesus is talking about, it's you. And it's me, and it's everyone else. It's all of us. It's all people. And the Lord Jesus, oh yeah, he's the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for the sheep. So notice again in Psalm 23, let's draw a correlation between the shepherd of the sheep and the good shepherd of our souls. The good shepherd of our souls provides rest. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He provides refreshment. He leads you beside still waters so you can drink. He provides security. His rod and staff, they comfort you. He provides protection. He fellowships with you when you are surrounded by enemies like lions and jackals, bears. And he'll rescue you. If you get away from him, he comes looking for you. Isn't that the coolest thing? 
that there are people that, yeah, they walk away from Christ. And you know what he does? He goes looking. Just like when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Jesus came looking. He knew. He knew what happened, but he came looking. It wasn't like, forget you. I'm done with you guys. Told you not to do that. And Jesus comes looking for us. He looks for the lost. And then when he finds you, he brings you back. Brings you back to the fold. And not only that, you don't get an I told you so sermon. You know what you get? A celebration. He throws a party. Just like with the prodigal son. Remember he came home to the father? The son said, oh, dad, I'm not even worthy to be your son. Just give me a job with the other servants. Father said, no, man, you're always my son. Throw a party. Let's, uh, he didn't say, you know, son, I told you so. Why didn't you listen to me? He said, no, my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate. So God celebrates. You know why? Because he loves you. And his reputation has been preserved. Jesus will not. See, this is another reason to believe in eternal security. Because he doesn't lose any sheep. If he was a shepherd that lost sheep, he wouldn't be a good shepherd. A good shepherd doesn't lose any sheep. None. He keeps everyone. These are the thoughts God wants you to have in understanding your relationship with him. He wants you to know him personally that way. He wants you to know that he will never cast you out. He'll never desert you. He'll never turn his back on you. You can walk away and he'll come looking. See, we have the kind of a God that loves us apart from conditions. See, it's hard for us to understand that because as humans, our love is conditions. It's conditional love. You like me, I like you. You love me, I love you. You don't like me, I don't like you. <laughs> That's how we do it down here. That's how it works. You know, eye for an eye, right? But not with God. God is, you love me, I love you. You don't love me, I still love you. I still love you. And Jesus wants people to understand. That's why he, he told three parables about things that were lost. Remember the lost coin? Young girl was going to get married. She had a headband with ten coins and on the wedding day, one of the coins was missing. Oh, no. I can't get married. I'm incomplete. They searched the whole house. They found the coin. You know what she did? She called all her girlfriends. Oh, come over. I found the coin. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate. And they had a party because she found the lost coin. So whenever something is lost and it's found, whether it's the coin the sun, the sheep, there's always a celebration. And you know that. You know that when you lose something and you find it again, maybe you lost your wallet, your car keys. The other day I was walking around, I put my hand in the back, my wallet was gone. I'm like, oh no, oh God, what did I do? Did I drop it somewhere? Where is it? I don't know where it is. I think I might have left it over here in my car. I don't know. I'm going to hope I did. Too late now, wherever it is, it is. 
Eventually, I went back to my car. Guess what? There it was. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There it was. I, th I threw a party in my heart, in my little head. I had a celebration, thanking the Lord that I didn't lose it somewhere outside somewhere. But it was there waiting for me. <laughs> but the point is, when we lose something, we celebrate when we find it. And when people walk away from God, and Jesus comes looking, oh, he celebrates. He wants you to know that he's not going to condemn you, chastise you. You know, sometimes the, 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 the mistakes that we make, they're our own punishment. God doesn't have to bring it down. That they're our own punishments. Our consequences of our choices are punishment enough. I don't think God's going to add to it. God's going to say, come on, let's come back. Come back to Papa. Come on back. So that's why in all these parables, when that which is lost is found, somebody always throws a party. And you know, Jesus said what? The angels in heaven? You know, they, they know a lot. You know that? These angels, man, they know what's going on. Luke's checking in. Hi, Luke. Welcome. Welcome aboard. I love it when Jesus said, I tell you that in the same way, there'll be even more joy in heaven. Wow. What do you think's going on in heaven? You know what's going on? The angels are not people. People in heaven don't know what's going on down here. And people say, oh, they're just watching me down here. No, they're not. No one's watching you. The angels are, though, because they're learning about the grace of God. And that's why there's joy in heaven when they see human beings turn back toward God. They love it. They celebrate. They know a lot more than we do. They've seen God. They've seen heaven. They've seen Lucifer. <clears throat> they know about the rebellion, the war in heaven. Oh, they've been there. They know it all. They know much more than we know. And that's why they have such great rejoicing when someone comes back. If you ever fall away from God, come back. Never let guilt stop you from coming back. Never let self-condemnation stop you from coming back. And definitely, God is not going to stop you from coming back. God is waiting for you to come back. He's waiting. And as we see in the parable, Jesus, man, he goes looking. And maybe sometimes when we fall away, and we probably all have at one time or another, some for a longer period of time, some for a short period of time, maybe some for a day, maybe some for a year. But Jesus comes looking. And the whole key is to bring us back. That's why he comes looking to bring us back, to bring us back to the fold. He came to seek and to save the lost. Wasn't that his mission? It's exactly. He didn't come for the righteous. He said that. He said, the righteous people, man, they don't even think they need me. I didn't come for them. I came for the sinner. The sinner means the one that misses the mark. What's the mark? Huh. Perfection. So who did that? How about like everybody? Everybody missed the mark of perfection. Not one of us hit it, except Jesus himself. 
He's the only one. Got the bullseye. Not us. So he comes looking for us. Like I said, we come out of the womb and we're lost. And Jesus finds you and you respond and you're saved. And then maybe at some point in your life, things happen. And you walk away. And Jesus comes looking. And he brings you back. That's that's why he's looking for you. To bring you back. Right, Marie? Marie's checking in right now. To bring you back. And I'm, I'm so thankful that we have a God that when we fail on our end, God doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us there. But he does for us what maybe we have a very difficult time doing for ourselves. And you know what that is? Finding our way back. Ever been lost? I remember when I was a little kid. I must have been about, I don't know, five years old. And I got lost. I was visiting some relatives. And I didn't know the neighborhood. And I don't know, somehow, you know, back in those days, there was a lot more freedom. And uh, I'm walking down the street, and I just got lost. I didn't know where I was. I remember I threw up on the sidewalk. I was so sick. <laughs> I was so scared I got sick. And I threw up on the sidewalk. I was like five, <laughs> four, I don't know, six. Maybe I was 19. I don't, I don't know, no. And uh, I was lost. And I wasn't even far. I was only two streets away. They found me. And I didn't get beat up or punished or anything. I was like, welcome home. Wow, it was scary. You know, it's scary when a little child gets lost. But it's a lousy feeling. And you know, when we kind of fall away from the Lord, it's a lousy feeling after a while. Like, I don't like this. I don't like being away from God. So he comes looking. And he comes looking. And he brings us back. He doesn't come looking to punish us. He comes looking to bring us home. Because he knows the angels are watching. Oh, and as Jesus said, there's more joy in heaven. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of parties. God loves parties. You know why? They're happy times. They're happy times. That's why he gave the feast to the Jews. They had all these feasts. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate and remember. See, every celebration has a remembrance to it. That's why we celebrate. Because we're remembering things, right? We celebrate in America the 4th of July because we're remembering something. We're remembering our freedom that we won from England. Right? Right? We celebrate Christmas because we're remembering the gift of the Savior. And we celebrate Easter because we're remembering his victory over the grave. So there are so many wonderful things that we celebrate because we're remembering things. And that's why we celebrate. A celebration without a memory... I don't know what kind of a celebration. What are you celebrating? I don't know. But when it's for a purpose, it has a whole lot more value, a lot more meaning to it, definitely. And that's why you think about the the value, the meaning of the celebration when the coin was found, when the sun was found, and when the sheep was found. And when the sinner is found. Now when you understand the significance of the celebration, it takes on greater value and greater importance. And you know what that is? That's us. 
God is celebrating us when he brings us home. And don't you think our entrance into heaven is going to be like, wow, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I think it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time, a really good time. So God loves to celebrate. And the greatest celebration is over us when he brings us back. Let's face it. you got to know God. If you know God and you know his heart and you find yourself falling away, if you know his heart, it's easy to come back. Because he's a loving God, he's a forgiving God, he's a welcoming God. He's all those things. And he knows the truth. And he knows that you're a lot safer with him than you are away from him. Because the sheep are safer with the shepherd than they are away from the shepherd. When they're with the shepherd, they have Psalm 23. Protection, provision rest. When they're away from the shepherd, now they're more vulnerable to what? The attacks. The attacks of the lion. Attacks of the jackals. Right? So we don't need that. We want to live a safe life. And you know, Satan, oh yeah, he goes about like a roaring lion. What? Seeking to eat somebody up. Devour. You know, devour means drink down. Seeking someone to drink down all the way. Stay close to the shepherd. And if you find yourself falling away, just turn and come back. There's no rebuke. There's no sermon. There's no I told you so. It's welcome home. What did the father say about the prodigal son? Put a robe on him and put shoes on his feet and put a ring on his finger. Restore him. That's what it was. It was a restoration to where he was before. That's what God does. God does for that. Does us. He doesn't make us earn our way back. He restores us to where we were before. Great words to remember. If you're ever feeling down, Luke 15, that's the place to go. Read about the lost things. Let God pick you up. Let God build you up. Wonderful stories of hope. Thank you for coming along today. Pray for the program. Join the Hope Club. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click giving. Go down to radio. Join the Hope Club. $3 a week. You get devotionals Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And now we get a new Thursday option as well. Okay? Listen, have a great day. And we'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.